I have a good friend who's a hospital chaplain. And I remember her telling me one time about a retreat that she had organized for some medical residents. So people just at the start, really, of their professional medical careers, having gotten through medical school proper. And for the retreat, what they did is they took these residents out to a horse farm. And they had a bunch of horses out in a little field. And the task for the residents, they were paired up two by two, is that they had to go out and just put a halter around the horse's neck and lead them back to the pen. Now, I should say that these horses were horses that they usually used as therapy horses for children with developmental disabilities. So these were about as domesticated as horses get. And then they filmed the residents as they went out on this task. And actually, none of them were actually horse people. So this was kind of a new experience for them. And they noticed the residents saying things like, what's wrong with this horse? Why won't this horse get into this halter? One of them even said to the people at the farm, you know, I think there's something wrong with this horse. Uh, probably shouldn't be working with children. Because the horses were getting spooked and they were jumping and fidgeting all around and the residents were getting frustrated and they couldn't get the halter around the horse's neck. You know, these stupid horses, what's wrong with them? And they use that as part of the retreat, as an opportunity for the residents themselves to reflect on what is it that they bring to their encounter. In this case, it was an encounter with horses, but most of the rest of their lives would be encounters with people. And how we can react to those with whom we're interacting, based a lot of times on what's going on inside of ourselves, and not so much with what's going on inside of the person that we're with. And I don't know what your profession is or what sort of things you're involved with in life or who you're responsible for raising or educating, but I know for myself, if I'm brutally honest, there are plenty of times where I've worked with someone, usually in a pastoral setting, and I've thought to myself, what's wrong with this person? Why won't they see what's going on? Why don't they get it? It's God's mercy, doggone it. Why won't you just accept it? Don't worry, it doesn't happen that often. But in my humanity, I admit it. I'm not proud of it. But the point is, what does it really mean to be present to another? What does it really mean to be in the helping profession? What does it really mean to be a parent or a spouse or a friend or a teacher? You can have all sorts of great knowledge to impart, but do you really have encounter? And that's not to downplay for a minute the knowledge which is necessary to impart. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul. And you should love your neighbor as yourself, Jesus says. But where does that come from? How do you learn to love someone with your whole heart and your whole mind and your whole soul? And then how do you somehow learn to transpose that to your neighbor or to yourself? There's the challenge. And I'd like to suggest that what the gospel is really driving home for us is that it has to start with encounter. Because think about it. What leads to Jesus saying what he says? And he's quoting famous passage in the Old Testament, but still, it's because someone has come up to him to encounter him. But what's their motivation? A scholar of the law came up to test Jesus. This isn't an encounter. This isn't an authentic meeting. 
This isn't someone who gently wants to be led back to the pen by the master. It's everything but an authentic encounter, though it is a face-to-face meeting. And rather, I think, than simply see it as some sort of trite statement, yes, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, it's as if Matthew is saying, pay attention to what's really going on here. You've got this guy in front of Jesus himself, so what better teacher? But he's not really encountering the presence of Christ. And presumably he walked away from that meeting without a whole lot of interior transformation. Maybe it came, but it would only come if he could reflect on it with a different mindset than when he showed up to test the supposed master. Over at the seminary, it's certainly an important part of the formation of seminarians, the people who will be your next Father Trouts and Father Robinsons. He just graduated, I better remember his name. And all those people that will be serving, God willing, your children and grandchildren, as well as yourselves. And so I often hear, wow, you know, the future generations of the church, it's so important what's going on there. So you deserve to know what is going on there. You shouldn't just sort of see finished products as if they're running off an assembly line. And a big part of that formation is encounter, along with some really excellent teaching and learning. But when someone comes in who's had no parish experience before and hasn't studied any theology or any philosophy, you know, they get termed pre-theologians, like pre-med students. Maybe some of you are or were one of those. And so in their pre-theology, they're doing sort of makeup, classroom work. And for their, quote, pastoral experience, if they're literally right off, you know, the street, haven't had any experience, some of them not involved even in their churches very much, the thought was, well, you know, we should just sort of ease them into this because face-to-face encounters can be sometimes pretty challenging. So we're not even going to assign them to a parish necessarily. You know, that we're going to ease that in. They're on a six-year journey. So, so what should we do with these guys who haven't had any experience yet? Oh, I know. We send them to critical care facilities. And so they're working with people with advanced dementia. They're working with people in end-of-life situations. They're working with people with all sorts of chronic conditions. And shame on me for what I just said. I said they're working with. They don't have a lot of wisdom of the tradition to share. They don't have a lot of techniques up their sleeves to fall back on. All they can really do, all, in huge quotation marks, is be with these people in their raw humanity. All they can really do is be there and, if their hearts are open to it, love them, And in the beginning, there's often feelings of terror. I'll express that for myself. I remember my first experiences of pastoral ministry. I know when I walk into certain situations after 20 years of priesthood, that fear is there. I remember what it was like to be with my own parents in advanced stages of dementia, and I didn't have any wisdom to impart. And that's when you start to ask yourself, what does it mean to love with your whole heart and your whole mind, and your whole soul. Because if it's love, you're not just giving it, you have to be receiving it. What does it mean to simply be in the presence of the other? 
You've got to walk through that journey of fear, or maybe it's irritation, or maybe sometimes it's even hatred. But if you're there, if you show up, then the encounter begins to take hold. But it is a process. And with that foundation, over at the seminary we say, okay, now, now walk into the classroom. Now sit with your Aristotle and your Aquinas and Richard Rohr and all the folks that we know and love. Now go and experience the parish that will help form you and that you hopefully will love. Now teach others and learn from them as well. I didn't set up that program that way. That's what I inherited. But I feel hugely indebted to whoever did organize it that way. And I wish that somehow that wasn't just reserved to the ones who come in seemingly with no experience at all. How about the ones who come in with a shining philosophy degree under their belt or maybe they're doing all kinds of stuff in their parish. Now translate that for yourself, okay? Most of you here are not in religious life, but there are analogs to that. Of course there are. In your role as co-worker, in your role as spouse, in your role as parent, as son or daughter? Where do we learn to love with our whole heart and our whole mind and our whole soul? It has to start with encounter itself, and there's no shortcut for that. Now, you can have beautiful encounter in, in reading a text or a poem or looking at something beautiful. I get that. But at the end of the day, we are incarnate beings, and at some point, we got to hang out with some carne. We got to be with an other, both when it is sweet and easy and when it is challenging or difficult. And Matthew, in his wisdom, just highlighted that one little snippet of a scenario, an encounter between Jesus and an other. Not someone Jesus sought out, but someone who sought out him with a very different intention in his heart than that I really wanted to be with this one. But nevertheless, he was there, and that's something to work with. And I've often wondered to myself, what went on in his mind and heart as the weeks and months followed that one encounter? Oh yeah, that's the guy that I showed up to test. That's the guy that I hoped I could somehow maybe trip up. What was he thinking when he learned that, oh yeah, that's the one they crucified. Oh yeah, that's the one they're saying all these things about. Really, that's the one who's kind of drawing all these people now together after these many years? That's how memory works. And that's often the foundation for a heart and a mind and a soul that grows to be able to give 100% of itself. So maybe just a little spiritual exercise for ourselves this week. Think about the opportunities for encounter in your life. I don't just mean those folks that are sort of there casually. I mean the people who really are going to be there, whether we often give them a deep thought or not. But as an exercise, give the deep thought. Have the presence to really engage, maybe with a question or a comment or a conversation, or at least to hold that person in mind and heart with a depth that it's so easy to just let pass by. We start by encountering one another, and I guarantee you it enriches our encounter with God. But it has to be with encounter. Otherwise, the heart, the mind, and soul 
will never be engaged 100%.